0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 601 for December 17th, 2017. The FCC votes to repeal net neutrality regulations, T-Mobile announces an internet-based television service, and what in the world is an app experiment? My name is Mickey Papalon. And I'm Joey Kappas Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and iOS for $1.00. And 99 cents. Well, first in the news this week, Apple Monday announcing that it has acquired Shazam, the song identifying service, for an undisclosed amount of money. The Shazam mobile application is currently available for both iOS and Android and can be used to identify and uh, tell you the song playing in the background using your mobile device. Apple Music and Shazam are a natural fit, sharing a passion for music discovery and it delivering great music experiences to our users, said an Apple spokesperson. Further, they say we are excited uh, and have exciting plans in store and look forward to combining with Shazam upon approval of the agreement. Apple didn't say if the purchase would impact Shazam's
1: availability, though, on Android. I'm sure it'll stay going with there. But, you know, the very first time I saw Shazam, I thought, uh, you you know, I I heard that heard about it. I'm like, there's no way that can work. That's too crazy to be able to take, you know, your phone. Uh, phone's microphone record a little sample of music, even in like a noisy bar, and it spits out what song is playing. And uh, it was like black magic to me, and and but but it works. And I saw it. And I'm like, I can't believe this. This is the coolest thing ever because it's so crazy. Um, and, and and you know, of course, it still is today. It still amazes me when it when it you know tells you what song this is. You know, especially if you're watching a TV clip, and you're like, what is this? You know, background music they're playing. Well, oh, Siri can tell you what it is, or Shazam can tell you what it is. Uh, that's what I was the point I was going to make was that Siri can tell you this as well, as can
0: certain Android devices, the new Nexus or the pixel excuse me devices uh, on the screen of the device uh, tell you what song is playing in the background, or at least what the artist is I think and so it is just fascinating that we 've taken this technology and it 's being integrated into so many different ways that our phones are are being used and further you know Shazam being the original kind of you know user of this technology. Um, you know, it does make sense, I guess, for Apple being the biggest music distribution uh, group out there on the Internet that Shazam is it uh, was a potential acquisition target for them.
1: And I do know that uh, Apple was using Shazam's technology for Siri specifically, so it's probably just cheaper for them to buy them than to keep licensing it. Yeah, very good point.
0: The FCC Friday voting along party lines to repeal the Obama-era net neutrality regulations. The vote, led by FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, supported by his fellow Republican commissioners Carr and O'Reilly, Pi insists that standing rules were overly burdensome to businesses and reduced investment in internet services. Pi believes the industry should regulate itself and suggests the FTC has the wherewithal to protect consumers from corporate abuses. Many disagree. Democratic commissioners Clyburn and Rosenworcel offered scathing dissents. They said this decision puts the FCC on the wrong side of history, uh, the uh, wrong side of the law, and the wrong side of the American public. That was from Rosenworcel uh, in rebuke to Pi. Uh, Further, history will not be kind to this vote and destroy internet openness, but this is not over. We're not stopping here or now, and neither should you. Let's keep up the fight. Let's keep raising a ruckus. The future depends on us. Uh, Millions of Americans submitted comments to the FCC in favor of keeping net neutrality. Those comments were largely ignored by Pi. Broadband providers such as AT&T and Comcast, of course, were excited about this change. The uh, consumer-focused organizations such as the ACLU and Free Press have vowed to fight the vote through legal action. It's not clear, though, how quickly the FCC will be able to put the proposed changes into effect. Now, a number of lawmakers and public officials at the state level have proposed to fight the FCC's vote, and uh, New York State's Attorney General Eric uh, Snyderman was among the first to promise to sue the agency. He said, We'll be filing a claim to preserve protections for New Yorkers and all Americans, and we'll be working aggressively to stop the FCC's leadership from doing any further damage to the Internet and our economy. Snyderman uh, has led efforts to uncover suspected foul play in the FCC's commenting system, where he found that more than 2 million fraudulent comments uh, were listed. Snyderman was supported by 18 attorneys general from around the country. On Thursday, Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson announced his own plans to sue the FCC. Ferguson will also support the actions of New York State. He says, allowing internet service providers to discriminate based on content undermines the free and open internet the actions will seriously harm consumers, innovation and small businesses. A number of senators, both state and uh, national and representatives from states around the country, have announced similar plans following the FCC's vote. Uh, I saw overnight that uh, Cal- one of the California representatives has said uh, that as soon as session comes back in in January, that he'll be filing, uh, re- putting in place regular or trying to proposing legislation that is to get california rules in place to not have or to have net neutrality in place so that they there are not issues for californians but again that's going to make it very difficult obviously for something that's not localized on the state level but very national international and uh, in many ways very nebulous uh, and just a matter of what those companies that are doing business providing those internet services the isps in those states can do to their consumers
1: right and i believe that the the net neutrality thing that they Uh, voted in it actually has specific clauses where states cannot do that. So we'll see how that uh, plays out where they're going to probably just go against those rules and try, but I don't know how enforceable that's going to be.
0: Well, it's a great point that, uh, you know, obviously they are trying to do what they can to salvage uh, the, the, you know, the the regulation that was in place and the FCC largely uh, pulling out all of the ways that these, uh, all of these things that had been put in place uh, and ultimately will, uh, as they put it, their view on this is that this is going to take out the regulation that will, um, uh, that was burdensome and allow the industry to regulate itself and that that is going to be a better way for a better way forward for innovation. Although, of course, many disagree with that.
1: Right. Well, my Comcast bill better drop now. What do you think? You you, you think that's going to go down? I I bet it will, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, Oh, wait, there's a pig flying out the window. Um, So these rules are kind of interesting in this. This vote is, of course, not surprising that this happened. But uh, what is interesting is how much common and how much controversy this particular issue has brought up around even in the media. You see a lot of reports on this. And it seems like a lot of people, a lot of people all over the place, you know, celebrities, for example, are all you know for keeping that neutrality. But uh, even though it does appear to be the will of the people want this. That was ignored, as you said in the story, and that's what's kind of interesting about this, because normally you don't get this much of a reaction for these kind of things that uh, uh, that come up in these proposals that come up. And, uh, you know, it is very, um, you know, it's somewhat disheartening that uh, that the chairman's view on this is really just let's just ignore what people are saying and, and just spout your, you know, your, your statement over and over again that this is going to be great for these companies. And uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's disappointing, really, to, to, to maybe not take it seriously, even though the, the, the vote, you know, that turned out the way it did. But it just isn't a very good argument on the flip side and to really try to, you know, uh, calm fears uh, of the people who think this is a you know, really bad thing. Well, a lot of what I think is coming out out
0: of this is that um, today's Internet and today's world in, in such an Internet based way um, is very different than things were, you know, 10 years ago, but certainly 20 years ago. Um, and so that, you know, the need for this kind of stuff um, is much greater today than it ever has been, uh, whether it's you know something that you're trying to do through your ISP or a service that you're trying to have delivered to you from, uh, you know, through your ISP Uh, you know, there are all sorts of things that can come up that ultimately will potentially be affected by this. Uh, We talked about the net, you know, the the Netflix uh, example on last week's show trying to understand, you know, how that's going to play out, if there's going to be different pricing increases or structural changes there as a result of, you know, what the different providers are going to require from them to uh, just how good or bad your service is, depending on what service that you're using, whether it's just general web traffic, or if it's, you know, social media or different, you know, types of streaming services. Um, and when you've got a content content, creator uh, or content provider that's also handling your internet service uh, you've got a conflict of interest and, and ultimately it could potentially lead to you know you know other roadblocks for these this the content that is not being provided through um your your isp to uh, be cost more, to not be allowed, to be throttled in different ways, uh, just different things that uh, you know certainly have been uh, you know discussed at nauseum both by us and by others, and you know I think there's a lot of uh, you know th- there's a lot of focus on this right now, and and but this is not going to be one of those things that just goes away because of course of just how important the net is to our our lives in general today, so. Um, very interesting, um, you know, and yet not surprising at all, uh, but very interesting that the FCC saw all this comment and basically just moved past it and said, OK, here's here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to vote. And, um, you know, certainly there are at least some dissenting opinions here uh, by the agencies to Democratic commissioners. And, um, you know, no surprise, though, that uh, the three to two vote came out as it did. Well, uh, the FCC also uh, adding a new type of alert to the emergency alert system specifically meant for law enforcement and other first responders joining the Amber alert and silver alerts is the new blue alert that can be used by state and local authorities to notify the public of threats to law enforcement and request help in apprehending suspects. Blue alerts warn the public when there's an actionable inf- when there is actionable information related to a law enforcement officer who is missing, injured or killed in the line of duty, or when there's an imminent credible threat to an officer, uh, A blue alert could quickly warn you if a violent suspect may be in your community, along with providing instructions of what to do if you spot that person and how to stay safe. Local authorities may send blue alerts through broadcast, cable, satellite, and wireline video providers, as well as the wireless emergency alert system directly to consumers' cell phones. The FCC said it expects to take up to 12 months to implement blue alerts for the emergency alert system and 18
1: months to implement blue alerts for the wireless emergency alert system. That's kind of interesting, but boy, I would think this would be a very rarely used thing because by the time you get done coordinating how to put out a message, uh, I mean, the threat and the activity is probably long since done. So, uh, I mean, even still for the the, the weather related one, I've only seen that like once or twice now in a a couple of years. So this has got to be something that's pretty rarely uh, would be used, I would think.
0: You know, I guess there are times when, you know, there are a number of, uh, you know, in the last 12 months, sadly, that we have had situations where there have been these, you know, very big issues that have been going on. And I think about things like what happened in Las Vegas, you know, the recent uh, New York stuff from earlier this week. Uh, to, uh, there was, um, there's an issue here in the Washington DC area last year, uh, where you had a lot of shelter in place stuff that was happening, uh, because of a inactive shooter that was traveling around the region. So, uh, you know, not only is it, there's a cop that's in danger, but there's a public disturbance issue, uh, that law enforcement is working through and they need to relay information very quickly out there. So I think that's more of where this is going.
1: Right. Uh, but you'd think that would actually be a different category instead of the actual blue alert that's for uh, law enforcement and first responders. So that's what you'd think that there would be even maybe special coded, uh, you know, you'd have a special code that you'd have to enter in in order to inactivate the service to even uh, apply to first responders only. Yeah, I, I guess
0: I'm thinking about it as in, yeah, there's one, th- you know, certain s- situations where you've got an emergency alert that has to go out. And maybe that's more of a, OK, so we've got, you know, uh, you know, a situation where you've got an active shooter. Uh, but if there's someone that's on the loose, as an example, who, you know, law enforcement are trying to find, send out a message and blanket an area to say this is the suspect's information. Here's vehicle descriptions, kind of like what happens uh, with uh, the Amber Alerts. But uh, either way, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of alerts that could go out. And to your point, they don't happen all that often. And so I guess that is the the good news is that they're not, you know, you're not crying wolf on these types of things and not understanding Uh, you know, which ones are real credible. When you get one, you know it's credible. AT&T Tuesday adding to its international roaming packages. To start, its $10 per day option is still available. This gives people access to their own calling, messaging, and data plan for $10 per day when traveling overseas. The new options are meant for people who would rather buy access in bulk. The first option costs $60 for a 30-day period and includes unlimited messaging and Wi-Fi access, as well as one gig of data and $0.35 per minute voice calls. The plan automatically expires or renews after 30 days, depending on subscriber's needs. Those who require more data can opt for the 3-gig roaming plan, which costs $120 per 30 days and includes the same messaging, Wi-Fi, and calling features. The plans are not available to cruise ship passengers who are encouraged to use AT&T's dedicated cruise packages. AT&T's new international options are available immediately. T-Mobile is ratcheting up its disrupted game this week and is targeting uh, the cable TV interested as we move into the new year. The carrier on Wednesday announcing plans to acquire Layer 3 TV, a group that delivers internet-based television service in five markets around the country. T-Mobile says it will use Layer 3's TV technology to create and launch a new TV service that will be delivered over T-Mobile's LTE network. People love their TV, but they hate their TV providers. And worse, they have no real choice but to simply take it The customer service, clunky technology, and outrageous bills loaded with those fees. That's where we come in. We're going to fix the pain points and bring real choice to consumers across the country. That from the CEO of T-Mobile, John Ledger. Ledger said T-Mobile as a TV service will be disruptive and will take full advantage of the latest technology and best content from today's top creators. In addition to T-Mobile's network, the as-yet-named TV service will be supported by T-Mobile's retail stores and sales and service organizations, though T-Mobile didn't say how much it will pay for Layer 3 TV nor when
1: it might launch, but we can expect to hear more in the months ahead. So it's interesting that you know it takes me back here. I know when LTE was first coming around, there was broadcast versions of LTE that were designed specifically for pushing out TV. That's you know it's like a one way thing, kind of like broadcast TV is. And I wonder if this is the technology that they're going to be using for this service. It may it may not be, but uh, I wonder if that is because that is a lot more. Uh, it's easier on bandwidth and, and, and on the, the towers, of course. But it needs to support it. And going to this, uh, you know, to their Uh, statement here that it's going to be disruptive to the industry. We have lots of different TV competitors right now. We've got the YouTube TV. There's the Hulu TV. There's all these other ones that are trying this. I know Apple was trying to get into it. I don't know what they're doing uh, these days, but you know, T-Mobile is the one that could possibly pull this off. Like they've done a bunch of other changes here recently as well. So it'll be curious what will happen
0: well it's all been value add up until this point with all
1: of their uncarrier initiatives
0: so that will be i think the big question that needs to still be answered is is this going to be just included in the plans and so people can start watching tv or are you going to have to pay additional for this service my guess is it's the latter especially if you've got you know networks that are paid networks they're not going to go for just allowing uh their content to be to be distributed but um you know certainly in, if they want to be a viable service that people want to have they're going to need the big networks the news stations the you know the sports networks etc it can't just be a bunch of i'll just say second tier networks that are out there uh and then also throw in the broadcast channels which are quote-unquote free anyway so there's uh there's still a lot to be uh, answered with this here but t-mobile again uh, you know they're the ones that are are kind of changing the world as far as how this stuff is uh, done and so it'll be interesting to see just what they decide to do and how they can do this verizon and the nfl said they've agreed to a new multi-year deal that will see the nfl content reach more people on more mobile devices verizon says it will stream national and local football games across several of its media properties to fans on any mobile network via yahoo yahoo sports go 90 and nfl mobile uh, people will be able to watch preseason, regular season playoffs Uh, games and even the super bowl right from their phones the partnership kicks off in january with the season's playoffs Uh, beyond weekly games verizon will give fans access to nfl highlight reels news and other content throughout the year such as the nfl draft finally verizon said it intends to work with nfl teams to deploy smart stadium technology in their stadiums to better handle on-site mobile experiences the new live mobile nfl experience will be first available from the yahoo sports app for ios and
1: android that partnership valued at more than 1.5 billion dollars So I want to clarify, this was available only to Verizon customers previously, but now it's being opened up to, I think, basically everybody can stream it from Verizon, not just from your own specific Verizon device if you have this, So you can do this from other carriers. Which is nice, obviously, for those that are NFL fans to be
0: able to watch. Uh, and having to had use Verizon to get it in the past, this is obviously a, a nice benefit, and you know we'll call it a value add. Although you do have to pay for the service in some respects.
1: And I'm not uh, into football at all, but every once in a while I have loaded it up just to see what's going on. And usually it uh, you know it plays the game really nice, very good quality. So. Uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing, especially considering how big the NFL is, but I know their ratings are hurting, uh, this past couple of years. So they're probably trying to do anything they can to get people to actually see their games,
0: just putting it on, you know, on the devices that are already in their hands, that their eyeballs are on. And, uh, You know, especially with those ad dollars being as big as they are, they've got to figure out a way to keep that money flowing. Synaptics on Tuesday said one of its five largest phone makers in the world, or one of the five largest phone makers in the world, has agreed to use its Clear ID FS9500 optical in-display fingerprint sensor. The FS9500 can scan fingerprints through the full thickness of a smartphone piece of glass, meaning device makers can create sleek, button-free designs and still include a fingerprint reader on the front. Synaptics says the FS950 or 9500, is designed with a bezel-free infinite, infinity display in mind. The latest generation of synaptics technology can read fingerprints on wet, dry, and even cold fingers. And the reader is also protected by the glass, making it durable and waterproof. Synaptics c- claims the sensor is twice as fast as 3D facial recognition tools and comes and goes only when needed to authenticate the user. Synaptics didn't name the phone maker, nor, the, nor did it suggest that when the device uh, would come out uh, on the market with this clear ID technology. Uh, according to IDC, the top phone makers for the third quarter were Samsung, Apple, Huawei, Oppo, and Xiaomi. So we'll see what happens there. And finally in the news, Pandora this week rolled out a new way to enjoy streaming music on mobile devices. Moving forward, people who use Pandora's free ad-supported service will be able to listen to a specific song, album, or playlist after viewing a 15-second video ad. Before the change, searching for a specific song only created a radio station based on that search. The video unlocks Pandora Premium for a limited time, meaning people can search for and listen to other songs directly after viewing the ad. Pandora says the idea is to offer premium on-demand features even to users who don't pay for its monthly listening plans. Beyond on-demand listening to specific songs and alerts, ad-supported listeners can take advantage of personalized automated playlists and background music playback when multitasking. Uh, Pandora said two uh, paid tiers will be offered, $5 per month to gain ad-free experiences with higher quality playback and limited skips and up to four offline stations, and also a premium plan for $10 a month with the ability to search for and play any song, album, or artist, as well as creating personal playlists and downloading customized playlists for offline listening.
1: Now, while Pandora isn't as big as Spotify, for example, I still know a lot of people that have used Pandora for years and years and years and continue to use it. So these will be great options for them. And uh, of course, I kind of like that idea that they allow you to do kind of use the premium service for one time after listening to an ad. That's a great idea to kind of uh, you know give you the give the user that the chance to try the ten dollar a month service without, without actually having to uh, pay for it or even sign up for a free trial and then have to deal with canceling it and everything like that so that's a great way to to uh, to actually provide that uh, you know, sampling of the, the premium service
0: yeah and this is now uh, this is av- available now this week so go and check it out if you're interested in you know maybe testing out a new music streaming service uh, up in device news the latest OnePlus 5T flagship smartphone from OnePlus cannot stream video content from certain providers in high definition this according to The Verge the services impacted include Verizon or excuse me Amazon Prime Video Google Play Movies and Netflix the OnePlus 5T has a full HD plus display and Snapdragon 835 processor with 8 gigs of RAM so definitely capable of delivering HD content OnePlus confirmed the issue to The Verge and said a future update will resolve the deficiency. The issue pertains to the 5T's lack of support for Widevine Level 1 DRM, something content services often require for HD streaming. OnePlus did not say when the software fix might be made available. In Blue Products this week announcing the One X3. This is a mid-range handset from the unlocked phone maker. The One X3 is a curved edge glass screen with an aluminum frame painted in matte black. It's got a 5.5 inch screen with full HD resolution. Blue gave the One X3 uh, an OctaCore MediaTek 6753 processor at 1.3 gigahertz, 3 gigs of memory, 32 gigs of storage a 5,000 hour battery, providing more than a full day of battery life. It has two 13-megapixel cameras, one on the front, one on the back. Both cameras have their own flash and can capture full HD video. Other specs include Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, GPS, and LTE on bands 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 12, 17, and 28, and moderate compatibility with AT&T and T-Mobile based on those bands. Uh, The phone ships with Android 7 Nougat. Uh, It's available from Amazon and the price is $250, uh, though you will be able to get it for a limited time for only $150. In software news, Apple made it possible for people to pre-order applications starting today. Developers can publish product pages and accept orders ahead of an app's release. And then once it's ready for download, customers will be notified and will automatically download to their device. Developers can further advertise their apps by using the pre-order badges in the marketing materials. In another change, developers can now offer new customers discounted introductory pricing for auto-renewable subscriptions that are managed on the App Store. So for example, digital magazines can offer the first three months of a a 12-month subscription for a lower price. Developers can do this thanks to the new API in iOS 11.2, allowing them to configure introductory pricing. The new tools are available to developers now, and they will reach end users soon. And Apple recently improving the selection of indoor airport maps in Apple Maps with the expansion of 30 new structures. They've worked individually with each airport and associated airlines to provide the most accurate data possible, including directions to gates, details about food courts and other amenities, as well as the ability to jump floors or levels and see what's on each one. The button or a button tagged look inside notifies users of the availability of indoor maps and the supported airports. According to TechCrunch, Apple relies on Wi-Fi inside each airport to help triangulate the user's iPhone and accuracy to within a few meters. The new indoor maps are available at major airports, including Amsterdam, Baltimore, Washington International, Berlin, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Geneva, Hong Kong, Houston, Indy, Las Vegas, London, uh, Heathrow, and Gatwick, L.A., Miami, Minneapolis, Nashville, New York, JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark, Philly, Pittsburgh, San Diego, San Jose, Seattle, and Vancouver. Apple planning to add more airports over time. Google on Wednesday said older Android phones and tablets are gaining support for the Google Assistant. Until today, Assistant was only available to phones running Android 6, Marshmallow, and up. Now, handsets that have Android 5 Lollipop support Assistant. Google says Assistant has started to roll out to all devices running Lollipop in English in the U.S., U.K., India, Australia, Canada, and Singapore, as well as in Spanish in the U.S., Mexico, and Spain. Further, for the first time, the Google Assistant is being made available to Android tablets. Android states uh, slates in the U.S. running Android 6 Marshmallow and Android Nougat will be able to download Assistant over the coming weeks. Google on Friday said it has decided to wind down Project Tango. This was its augmented reality platform that it used on-device cameras and sensors to blend reality with computer-generated content. Uh, As we focus on bringing augmented reality to an entire Android ecosystem with ARCore, we're turning down support for Tango, said Google. The company will officially cease support for it on March 1st of 2018. They had worked with several hardware partners to create the Tango handsets, which were laden with support uh, and special equipment to make the platform work. The most recent such device was the Asus Zenfone AR, sold by Verizon. uh, Google will push its ARCore platform as a means for generating and consuming augmented reality content on Android handsets moving forward. And Google has updated Maps for Android with a new feature meant to ensure people don't miss their stop when using public transit. Google says that the new tools uh, supply not only departure times and ETAs, but also alert people when it's time to get off a bus or train in order to make a transfer or arrive at their destination. The new transit functionality lets people track their progress in real time, just as when driving or walking. And Google says in order to use the feature, people will need to set destinations and navigate via the public transportation tabs and Maps. Google Maps is free to download from the Google Play Store.
1: Now, if you ever take buses or trains, it seems like they do it on purpose where it's like, <laughs> that's the next stop. And you have no idea if you're unfamiliar with the system, you have no idea where you're stopping or, you know, you don't know what the stop is until basically you're the train stop. The doors are open. You're like, uh, is this the one I need to get off on? And then by that time, the doors are shut and you're moving again. So having this feature is really actually kind of cool and handy.
0: I've got a a, a great, uh, you know, reason to use Google when it comes to navigating on public transit. So um, it, spending time here in Washington, I've become very familiar with the Washington metro system. And so I feel like a relative expert in it now. At least I can find my way around it, at the very least. So up in New York a couple of months ago and um, was needing to get from Manhattan up to the Bronx and uh was going to take the the subway to do it easy enough right so um we're walking along and uh, you know looking at google maps and it says to go to some particular station so I, i zoom out a little bit and i notice that the way that it's set up is we're walking directly eastbound on a street and there are equidistant stations both north and south of us now i'm trying to go north and Google is telling me to go to the station that's to the south. And I said, well, I know better than you, Google. I'm going to walk to the northernmost station. Well, turns out I get to this northernmost station and there are only trains heading southbound from said station. So I had to literally who so got on the train, wrote it down one stop, got off. And to make matters worse, if you've never done the New York subway, it's not like you can like hop from one side of the platform to the other at every single station. So I had to leave the station, walk across the street, go in another entrance to get back on the train to go back northbound. And if I would have just followed Google, I would have known exactly what to do. Meanwhile, I looked at it and I said, I know how subways work. I do this all the time. I have no idea how subways work apparently, especially in New York. But either way, uh, nice to uh, see that if you happen to be on a train, or a bus, and you're trying to figure out where you're going, and you have no idea, you can just listen to your phone. It'll tell you when to get off. And I'm sure it'll give you enough time, uh, you know, prep time to get yourself up and grab your bags and belongings and get going.
1: You know, and speaking of that, the you know, Twin Cities here, you know, I live in, uh, in downtown now and I, I u- occasionally use the bus. Not a lot, but I do use it. Uh, it is so nice with Google Maps to to see the bus stops, see where they actually are. Uh, they've improved the signage here in the past, you know, two years drastically compared to before. There wouldn't even be signs most of the time when there's a bus stop. And with Google Maps, you can actually see which buses come and the schedules of those buses all in one spot at the stop where you want to go and that's infinitely helpful compared to even you know the the transits website which it's a it's a mess so uh it's definitely uh google definitely has their transit uh act together
0: well it's i mean it's in so many ways whether it's you're you're walking and the street sign isn't totally visible or you're driving and it's telling you to get off at a certain exit and, you know, perhaps the signage is, is not as clear as it should be. Um, you know, it is, you know, it is very nice. I mean, to, to be able to use a service that has got all of this information in it and, and, you know, pretty up to date as up to date as we can possibly get, uh, to be seeing that come to transit. It just, it makes all the sense in the world. So, Good on Google for uh, what they keep doing here to help us get around in the most efficient manner. Google this week also releasing three photography, what they call app experiments, more enjoyable ways to use your smartphone's camera. The new apps rely on object recognition, person segmentation, stylized algorithms, efficient image encoding and decoding technologies to create interesting and unique experiences, but I don't know what's more enjoyable than person segmentation in stylization algorithms. Anyway, Storyboard, only available on Android, takes videos and turns them into a single-page comic layout. The app will automatically scan videos to select what it considers to be the most interesting video frames and lay them out in these six styles. The comics are easy to save and replace by filming new video. Uh, Selfissimo, so that is available for both Android and iOS devices, is a model's dream, apparently. The app is an automated selfie photographer that snaps photos as you move around and make poses. It encourages you to pose and will go back and create a content sheet with all the results. People can save individual images or the entire shoot. Last, Scrubbies is available to iOS and lets people adjust video playback speed and direction quickly and easily with their fingers. It works like a DJ turntable to create video loops that highlight action. Google says the app experiments are in the trial phase and it welcomes feedback from early adopters. YouTube uh, TV has expanded once again, 34 new markets around the country. The additional cities include, among others, Green Bay, New Orleans, Rochester, San Diego, and Tucson, and that uh, now makes a total of 83 markets. YouTube TV originally launched in just five markets in April. It's $35 a month, including up to six personal accounts, all with unlimited DVR recordings and access. The number of channels is limited to about 50. Uh, YouTube TV is available on Android and iOS, as well as the Chrome browser or desktop PC. Uh, YouTube TV app is expected to reach the Apple TV shortly. And finally, Apple on Wednesday made iOS 11.2.1 available to the iPhone and iPad to resolve performance issues. Specifically, the update uh, tackles a problem that could disable remote access to shared users of the home application. The update is only 69 megs and can be downloaded and installed over the air. Well, no questions or comments this week, but if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, uh, please send us email questions at junkie.com or give us a call 650 999 two four we're almost at the end of the year uh will be christmas weekend next weekend and then new year's weekend the weekend after so whether it's end of the year uh things that you want to hear about predictions for 2018 ces just right around the corner anything that you'd like us to talk about let us know we'll get it on a future show joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.